Of this joint, Money Nathan. Good evening, sir. Good evening. How are you, dude? It's our first Bigfoot show, man. I know, huge. We colossal. I'm not gonna tell you who we got, but we got somebody, man. She not. We're the. I'll tell you what. According to her, we are a Bigfoot approved show. How do you like that, Vinny? Putting that in the description. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Next up here, this lovely individual is uh, is smart. Uh, she's funny. Um, she keeps us straight. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the one who's taking this academically, doing her thing, never letting go of it, and trying to bring disclosure to the world. And I'm talking about Deb at a study of UAPs. She's the host of Deb's Data Dojo. What's up, Holmes? Hi, I'm excited. I'm hoping I'm going to get the number in order to call all beings tonight. <laughs> there you go. We've been looking for it. Got to add it to the book. <laughs> Great to have I told you. Y'all, this, I, I told y'all she was funny. All right. So as I said earlier, um, we are, according to our next pair of guests, a Bigfoot approved show. These people getting it done. They out in the woods. They communicating with the Bigfoots. And Robin's going to tell them, leave DJ alone. Don't slap him in his bald ass <laughs> head and knock him down. So party people, put your hands together for Robin Haynes McCray and Pat McCray. There we are. <laughs> that was an introduction. Yeah, Can I, was. Get amen? I like that. Amen. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Good to have you with us. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, Robin took my phone call. I don't know if I told you that guys that a couple months ago, but it was really cool. Because I heard her on with Vic Cundiff on uh, Bigfoot Eyewitness Radio. Vic has a, a few shows. He has a Dogman show as well. And he has a new Bigfoot show. And, and I, I forgot the name of it. But what this his new show, it doesn't include interview. It's just a person's narrative. And he doesn't interact with them. Well, uh, you're going to see me on there again because I'm on next week. So What? Oh, nice. Is that like the, <laughs> a number five? I mean, it's not enough. Robin's yeah. on every show. She's starting to, you know, she's like just putting like in her ch- ch- on mm-hmm. her bed poster. Yeah, it was accidental. It was accidental. Oh. I played the fifth. Um, one of the he has a group on Facebook, and one of the gals on Facebook had posted, "Anybody want to come on the show? Share your experience." I didn't respond because I've already done all three of the shows. Yeah, and I had a great time. He's a super nice person, and then I had posted a few pictures on there. Because I don't do that a lot, but I do now and then because I know Vic and I know it was safe in there. And she went nuts over my photos. And so she contacted me and said, oh, my gosh, will you come on the show? She's a super sweet girl. And we chatted a minute and I said, talk to Vic because I've already done it. He's probably not going to want me on again. I've already done them and a couple of them I've done twice. Mm-hmm. And then Vic got hold of me and said, well, you know, I'd really like you to come on back. There's some things we could talk about. And I said, OK. 
I love it. Um, you know, Robin, there's there. And by the way, I want you to make sure I, you know, I want to know for one thing I want to know is if the foots are going to have an issue with me because I'm bald, like, like they just think hair. you're funny looking. They think you're a hairless okay. human. They call us hairless humans anyway. Okay. They All think right. you're even more hairless than we are. All right. And, yeah. So I just, I want to be able to find it. Nathan, I want to find a connection point. I want to find where we, I mean, can... that's pretty similar to what I think about you too. So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, just don't let him see the reflection, you know, as long as you're not signing that reflection, you're good. <laughs> so now Nathan has a connection with him. This is great. Uh, Jules is in the chat with us. That is Julie Farrell. Jules at Jules of the wood on Twitter. She is our chat moderator. She is my friend. She's the yeah. show's friend and we love her dearly. So thank you very much, Julie, for doing the business that you doing. And now let's get down to business with Robin Haynes McRae and Pat McRae. RHMC is my new my new moniker. For yeah, Robin. that's what he calls me. It's hysterical. I love it. I love, I love it. it. So, uh, Nathan, I I would pass it to you, but I know you want me to start off. But I mean, would you want to know like kind of how they got started? Is that where you would want to go? That that's where I was going to begin. If they could just sort of set the okay. stage for us, uh, how they got into it, and uh, and I'd like to know too, uh, what do you think about it now? versus what you thought about it then what what what's changed after all this time of your involvement so I don't know who pat, wants to take that first yeah pat can go first all right well um started in indiana i always thought you know i said psychic stuff at me throughout my life but it started in indiana i had a friend of a friend uh he basically said uh he had an area that um, was getting activity. So the lady, she said, oh, yeah, I saw, I saw a big ape or something down the hill. Okay. Now I've never, I thought it'd be neat. I said, well, you know, what about just going over there? I've never done anything like this before. So I called her and then I got to go over there. She let me, she had a lock and key. I had to go in. She had to open this gate and you had to go in. So the first time I went up to the property, I took a picture. I got a wood knock the first time. I took my brother with me, my brother John. And he said he saw a face in a tree. I mean, I don't doubt him. And then had the wood knock. And then later on, maybe a month later, some lady was looking at, at that very picture. And she saw something in there. I sent it to, I sent it to DJ, the one in the bush. Yeah. And uh, the second time we were up there, just every time I'd go up there, something would happen. And the second time and when we saw that went up there, we saw this huge dark cloud up in the woods. And I turned to her. We were still in the car. We hadn't even got out of the car yet. And I go, just I asked her. I said, "You see that?" And she said, "Yeah." So uh, that happened. Uh, and then this is the, the one that the kicker that really got me going. I, I went there and I told them, I said, you know, Hey, you know, I, I I'm going to try something different. Let me go up by myself and see what happens. So I went up and you go up and it's like a little hill. You go up and it's a circular uh, path and it leads back to where you, you began. So, I went ahead and I did the circular path and I was almost back to where I began and I saw this huge black hole off to my right. It was following me. I said, what the heck is this thing? <laughs> I 
said, good God, I'm looking at it. And it keeps following me. I said, holy shit. And it was a portal. And something shot out of it. Shot up head in on the trail. I saw it. It was like pear-shaped. I don't know how I saw it, but I did. And subsequent, you know, visits to the property and stuff like that. Just, you know, we heard Indian drums. I saw uh, I don't know, stat, a dark statue and stuff like that. But I, I went up. There's this one particular time I, I went up and um, I was on a it's a hill and there's a washout down below. And just picture DJ, picture yourself or me totally blacked out there's no definition or anything just totally blacked out and that's what i saw it was a i think it was a young bigfoot they i think a lot of them just don't know how to cloak and stuff like that so i saw him climbing down into the washout and i saw everything his arms all that and he's climbing down there i didn't want to follow him i mean it was, i didn't know what what awaited me down there but he went down there and i saw i didn't see his features but it was just a blacked out version of it it was really weird but all in all the friend i i'm like you know i'm thinking i'm going i'm going crazy <laughs> you know, seeing stuff and then you know i i, I go there and you know i you know i i see stuff on my peripheral vision and, and then I see these blacked out shapes hiding behind a boulder when I'm driving up. Say, what the hell is that? So then to make clarity, I talked to Robin. And <laughs> that that was an eye opener because I never, never in my wildest dreams, only on science fiction, mm -hmm. portals, ETs, Bigfoot, what the hell? Yeah, I said, are you kidding? I go, are you kidding? <laughs> and so, so, Pat, this is first time. This is first time you've seen anything. Yeah, this okay. is this is what I I saw. And time number one. I, you know, I, I, huh? This first time. Yeah, yeah, all that. You know, not I've anymore. Seen, but <laughs> well, no, not anymore. I've seen. I've seen like I'm in Michigan. I saw a huge doorway. On the side of the highway, I go. I told Robin about it. I said, you know what the hell was that? You know, it's this huge door, and you know it, what? I knew it wasn't from this Earth because it didn't look like anything I've ever seen on this planet. So, my thing is, is maybe it's a glitch in the Matrix, but I don't know. You know, and this is the thing that is really bizarre about all this stuff is. There's no instruction manual for any of this stuff, you know. Look up. You know, She's going to write up. Robin's going to write the instruction <laughs> manual. Yeah, and just you know, you're left guessing and feeling what you think it could be. And but I will tell you that E.T. Sasquatch, Bigfoot, all the beings that you can't see and the cryptids. They hold the high ground. And I'm going to say this. They're not going to reveal, give away their position to anyone. Not even 
to anyone. And that's why, you know, you're left wondering, you know, the stuff that you see is, you know, a lot of it isn't explained. It's really bizarre. We'll ask to pose the same question to Robin. So first time uh, when your thought, I think if, if I got Nathan's question correctly, what you thought the first time and what you, how it's changed and evolved now. Well, my situation is a little bit different than Pat's. I was like, literally, when I say young, we're talking, my mother talks about when I was two years old and learning to talk, me talking about an imaginary friend. And my description of it was a dog man. And the other one looked, had was covered in hair, but had no tail. And this was before I could even really verbalize everything. You know, my first ET abduction that I remember, I was four. So to tell you exactly the first time, I have no clue because I, it, I've never not had a time. You know, I mind spoke before I could talk. So I just assumed that's what everybody did. And it's just been a progression my whole entire life. Like I would go out and play as a kid and I would see them. I'd be in the house. I, they'd be looking in the window. You know, and we actually lived in a city. We had woods that were very, very close to the house. And, you know, I would be four or five years old and ride my bike down to those woods because back then it was safe. Now you would never, ever dream of doing that with your kids. But I would go down there and there'd be three or four of them that would come out of the woods and just stand there and watch me. Like I always felt safe because they were just always there. And then as I got older, I saw other things and nothing ever changed. I mean, it was just always a constant. That was my constant. That was my normal. And it was a big shock to me to find out that that wasn't everybody else's normal. You know, I talked to my parents about it. My parents were very kind, never accused me of making anything up, never said they didn't believe me. They just said they had no frame of reference to tell me anything about it. Wow. Patterson Gimlin weren't, didn't, wasn't even out. You know, I mean, there's no books. There was no nothing. And that was just the way it was. As I got older, I would tell like my close, close friends because they knew me well enough to know I wouldn't make it up, but I didn't tell everybody, you know, you, you well, travel between this, trying to figure out if you're nuts or not. Certainly not. Certainly not. Uh, enough people. I you think just don't tell it. it. You know, I told some guy at work about it, you know, just, okay. Uh, don't tell anybody this again or they'll call the ambulance. <laughs> you know, I mean, good grief. There's so many sightings. It's, 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 uh, it, it's quite um, almost ridiculous. The in reverse, you know, that people aren't, it is. About it. but let, let me, let me let Debs get in there and ask you what she wants to ask you. And then I'll come back around. Cause I've got, I've got a lot. I have so many questions. <laughs> I'm, I'm so very interested in the communication. Um, so one of my questions is, um, why do you think it is that some people have this gift? A lot of people are leaning towards things like um, experimentation was done on them. It was a gift given to them or we were evolving and starting to perceive things for the safe the sake of surviving things like that what what do you think the reason is that some people have this ability to communicate with um, non-human entities personally and this is my own belief I, i'm not a scientist i'm not an expert i don't believe there's an expert in this all i can tell you is my experiences what they've taught me and what i have learned on my own 
everybody has the ability for mind speak. I, I believe that with every fiber of my being. I don't personally believe that some people have that gift and others don't. I think the problem lies with the fact that we have been told and taught that the cryptids don't exist, the ETs don't exist, the mind speak doesn't exist, all of these things. And that's what is programmed in our head. When you believe something that wholeheartedly and it's been programmed in you and you experience it, your brain does a flip and it shuts it down like it never happened. And I think that's where the problem is. I work with people, Pat works with people all the time, teaching them how to use the telepathy and, and to move forward with that. Everybody has the potential. It's easier for some than others, you know, and Pat is a genius at it. There's myself, Pat, and a very dear friend of mine. When it comes to telepathy, I trust them more than I do anybody else on this planet because their accuracy is uncanny. The three of us verify things with each other. We actually do do some work for the cryptids. And it's very important that we get the information accurate, especially when it's kind of dicey. And so we, when we do these things, we do them as a team. We don't ever do this as a single person. It's a team effort. And um, we all have different things that we do. And that way we verify to get it right. So, I mean, it's something that I believe at some point everybody can do. Uh, it's it's inter interesting because, like, I listen to those guys in Ohio. Uh, Kane is one of them's name. Um, I can't think of his last name, but uh, I think the Enoch House is his is his uh, tag. And then he's mm -hmm. friends with somebody named Richard who named the Ohio Bigfoot the Grassman. I guess he's the one that came up with that and oh, okay. been at this for like 50 years. And they don't speak of the ability to speak with them. And it's perhaps, uh, and Nathan, I don't know, is it, is it like Exo's opinion that everybody can do some of the things that he's doing, which is similar to what Robin does or what, what Chris Bledsoe's doing? Yeah, I think the argument is that, um, and uh, Robin, I'm kind of hearing you say this in, in a way, that we have this fundamental connection like at, mm -hmm. at a really low level of reality, we're all ultimately connected. Yeah. And these abilities, this, uh, you know, telepathy and, and uh, you know, psi abilities, they emerge out of that fundamental deep connection to reality. And, yeah. you know, the ability to do that is actually something that is uh, more fundamental than our languages. Our language is actually kind of like a rudimentary means of connecting compared to being able to connect at a telepathic, uh, you know, kind of mind speak level. Well, and I think Pat can agree with me on this when it comes to the mind speak, because it comes in so many ways. Okay. You're not going to get just words in your head or just letters. You can get a, a picture, an image, something that'll play out like a movie. You can get a feeling of knowing you can get a projection of emotion. I mean, it's a million different ways you can get it. Everybody gets it differently. For whatever reason, I get it in all the different ways. If there's other ways out there to get it, I haven't heard about it. Um, Pat gets it in an arraignment of ways as well. But I think no matter how long you've done it, how good you are at it, there are times you second guess yourself and you're like, oh, did I just hear that? Did I just know that? Pat and I are constantly going to each other, aren't we, honey? Going, okay, will you verify this with them to make sure I got it right? Yeah. Uh, I asked the, actually a Bigfoot, one of the ones that we deal with, and I asked him, I said, well, hey, how do I know it's you that I'm talking to? And 
you got to understand that going ahead and mind speaking is like being on the internet and you've got just that word, that name down there. And then you have no idea who it is. So then basically uh, you go ahead and he told me, he says, you do everything by feel. So you're feeling that energy, so to speak, that you know it's them or you'll see them in your mind. And that's what he told me how to, it's really dangerous. It may not seem so, but you put yourself at risk every time you, you your mind speak because there's so much stuff out there, so much that you can get hold of. And, you know, I've, I've woken up from sleep and I had three midgets. I don't know who the heck they were. They said they're going to kill me. I saw them. Saw them in my mind. And, you know, I was sitting just minding my own business one day and a reptilian came up and said he's going to kill me. So I must be doing something. So, Yes, uh, what are you doing? I mean, are you not leaving enough, enough food outside for these reptiles to eat? <laughs> no, probably not. All right. Yeah. I don't know. We got a, the we thing got a is, question. Is... I'm sorry. I want to get this. This is tangential. This is exactly what you guys are talking about. This is our friend Dave Smethers from over in England, and he okay. needs to get himself to bed because it's late over there right now. Okay. And so here's the question, and both you guys can attack this or whomever wants it. Do Bigfoot's cloak using yep. tech? Or with natural PSI, I'm not sure if that's pounds per square inch, other powers, and if they can cloak, can they change their appearance? Whoa. Do you want me to do this for you? I'll do it. Just, the way I see it, I mean, I didn't really understand it when I first started doing this, but all the stuff that I hear and we've seen and stuff like that, I've seen a big cloak right in front of my eyes, but I, I think it is they they can blend into their environment. They can't. I mean, they'll go in front of a bush, and they'll actually be the bush. And you'll never see them. The cloak is distinguished. You'll see them shimmer sometimes. And, you know, like a lot of times when they want me to see them, it'll be like, a you know, you're looking through a, one of those stained glasses, and you'll see a blur of, Someone be brown blur, but what that is is vibration and energy. Yeah, they raise that energy. Yeah, I'm sorry, they raise that energy and the vibration, and as they raise it, it causes that effect. And you have two things at play: you have cloaking and you have shimmering. The shimmering are what people refer to as that predator effect, where it's like a gelled water, where cloaking is a hundred percent clear. There really, there is nothing. You can't see it. Now you seamless. can feel the energy. Yeah, it is. It's seamless. You can feel the energy. Okay. And with the mind speak, if you're going to mind speak, please, please get hold of somebody that can teach you to read energy so you can tell what you're talking to. The other thing that he had asked that I want to address is can they shape shift? 100% yes. They can not only, as Pat said, he's 100% correct. They can blend into their surroundings. They also, I'm going to go get the dog in a minute, you guys. I'm sorry. He's a puppy okay. and he's having a fit. It's okay. Um, but they also can shape shift. 
I've watched them shape shift into deer. I've watched them shaped into raccoons. I've watched them mm-hmm. shape shift into other animals. They 100% can shape shift. And it's not just the Bigfoot. It's all the cryptids. It's the ETs. It's not just one thing. So when Pat and I are talking to you about the telepathy and the shimmering and the cloaking, please know that that is all your cryptids. We're talking cat people, goat man, all these things. They're all capable of it. Um, my question, um, does every Bigfoot have the same ability? That yeah, one I'll tell field. <laughs> they are yeah. all born with the abilities. They actually are, but there's a big difference. And this is where the fluctuation comes. They have the abilities. However, they have to be taught from their parents that they possess these abilities. You have, and I, this is the way I always explain it to people. It seems to resonate more. You know, we have Amish people and there's different sectors. Some use, use electricity, some don't. Some will allow electricity in the home, but nowhere else. Some will only use a horse and buggy. Some use a car. That is their belief system. That is the way that they choose to live their lives. That's fine. When it comes to the forest people, because let's be clear, they are a people. Mm-hmm. They are not our type of people, but they are a t- uh, people. They are a human hybrid. Um, and so when it comes to them, each clan is different on how they run it. They're all going to be telepathic. They're all going to use that telepathy because they communicate that way. Not everybody will use all the other abilities. And trust me when I tell you the amount of abilities they have are staggering. It's just incredible. But unless they're taught, they don't know they have them. No, they have it. Yeah. Kind of like us. Like, so like exactly. us, you just said some of us have, all of us may have the ability, but we don't know how to cultivate it. And Exactly. You know, well, yeah. what you like, like mind speak, like that, I, I, I didn't, you don't go to school for it. I mean, like they have these online classes and spend $1,200 and somebody's going to try to teach you that. You can't teach anybody that. It just... You just have to let it happen naturally, all these abilities. And my thing is, is you never doubt your ability. Uh, Yeah, I agree. And I think when it comes to the MindSpeak, Pat and I work with people all the time on it. And it's not that we're teaching them about it. Most people are already getting it. They just don't know how to recognize that's what we're getting. All we're doing is pointing out what's already there. He, you know, like Pat said, he's 100% right. There's no book. There's no class. You know, you don't charge people for this. All you're doing is explaining what's already happening. Nine out of 10 people already experience it and they don't even realize that they are because it's out there and nobody tells them. No, absolutely. And we're going to be doing um, an ancient structure stuff about how the pyramids were built. And we suspect, at least we hypothesize that there are some abilities in doing things like that, constructing some of these things that have been lost and perhaps the ability to mind speak, the ability to remote view, the ability to uh, uh, like uh, what James does, right? Um, Nathan, what is it called? CE5. CE5. Yeah, yeah. So maybe some of these things have been lost and they need to be rekindled. Um, yeah. Remote viewing is not that hard. I remote viewed my whole life and it's, 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 not, it's all part of telepathy. It is. I mean, it really is. And it's like the astral projection. I've done the astral projection. I haven't tried to do it. It just happens when I need it to. But I mean, these are things that are actually part of what we are and who we are. 
once, but it's all based on the same basic principles, energy and vibration. Until your energy and vibration get high enough, your consciousness gets high enough, you can't really do a whole lot. But people can raise that. There's ways to do it. You know, I mean, we're not as helpless as we have been led to believe. Yeah. Are the cryptids ahead of us? Oh, they are volumes ahead of us. You know, everybody talks about how dangerous they are. The fact is that if they really wanted us gone, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. They can do whatever they want to do, and we really don't have the ability to stop them. I mean, there's times I've had to go into certain areas and do things to try to stop it, and it's, you know, I've been done okay, but they really, if they wanted to squish us like a bug, we wouldn't be here. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're so powerful. Um, and I, I've got questions about Dogman, too, but I want to uh, pass it back to Deb. And the, I don't remember if Deb or Nathan is next. Nathan, do you remember? Uh, yeah, I'll go next. Um, so uh, to kind of follow on, Robin, to what you were just saying there, what, uh, why do you think it is that you know most of human society today, at least, doesn't have this ability? Or, or have we lost it? You said we've been led to believe. So what, what kind of happened in our history that, that, that changed this? situation. Um, this will probably get me in more trouble than I'm already in, but we have been programmed by our government to believe these things don't exist. And unfortunately, that's the way it is. Um, they don't want us to know. They will do whatever they need to, to stop us from knowing, just as they do with the cryptids, as, with the ETs. And just for the record, not all ETs are bad. There's a lot of them that are wonderful, absolutely wonderful. You know, Sue Walker has contact with some that are, are beautiful. You know, I, I'm very much looking forward to talking to Sue. Sue and I, and she had posted on here too, you know, that we have a lot in common. We absolutely do. Um, I have not talked to her personally yet. I know of her. I have the utmost respect for her. But like hers are very kind. I've worked with kind ones. I've done healing work on some that were kind. But some are bad. I've dealt with those too. And it's the same thing with the cryptids. The cosmic balance in everything is good and bad. And be honest, you don't want everything good or bad, because if you have everything good, there are consequences to that. And it doesn't work. Everything bad, it's the same way. You need that balance. But people come down on these cryptids and they're like, oh, no, this one is, you know, all the dogmen are mad or bad. That's a bunch of bull. I've had help from them on and off my whole life. The forest people have saved my life six times. They've saved Pat's life before. You know, you have countless situations where they've stepped in and helped people, you know, go on World Bigfoot Radio, Duke Sullivan, the mm -hmm. saga of Glag with Kevin Lang. Tremendous. I recommend it for everybody. Thank you. OK. World Bigfoot there, Radio. Okay. Yeah. Phenomenal. Okay. Uh, Duke Sullivan is a very dear friend of mine. We work on a lot of things together. His radio station is on YouTube. It's called World Bigfoot Radio. Okay. I would recommend it to anybody and everybody. The information that he has collected through verified people. These are not somebody that are claiming things. Okay. He vets his people. He makes sure he vetted me for two years. I didn't even know he was doing it. It was fine. But you know, these people know what they're talking about. It's solid information on all kinds of things. But the point is we have been led to believe these things never existed to begin with. Mm -hmm. And so when you believe something doesn't exist, you close your mind off to it. When you close your mind off to it, even if you see it, your mind will interpret that and shut it down like it never happened. <laughs> Cognitive dissonance, yeah. Yep, and that's what it well, all boils down to. Yeah, and when, uh, Robin, when you do get together with Sue, and I hate to throw this in there so early in the show, but if there's anything about hair replacement in Bigfoot that could 
possibly, <laughs> you know, or eat anything like that. We've been asking different people to, to help me out. So if you, what you need on. is all the hair I've collected over the years. We could yes. make you a really good wig. Yes. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm looking for a Peter Frampton, kind of a Frampton yep. comes alive kind of a look. So, okay. Exactly. <laughs> Debs. Yep. So I, I know that you've spoken a little bit about this um, on other podcasts, but I was wondering if you could talk to us about what you think the origin of Sasquatch in particular is um, and how that might relate to our origins. Um, I worked with Melba Ketchum on the DNA study and which of course is extremely controversial, but I'm just putting this out there. It was accurate. Mm -hmm. People do not know the background. They do not know what lengths were done to ensure no contamination. They don't know DNA that was checked to make sure was not the same DNA. And she got it right. She got the whole bloody thing right. And nobody would give her the time of day because here comes this woman out of nowhere with it. Everybody wanted the information. She gave it to him and she got totally annihilated for it. Um, but she was right. And I did not know her prior to the study. I found out about the study and her because the forest people were the ones that told me to find her. And I didn't even know what was going on. So when I did, I had somebody contact her. She reached out to me. And six weeks I was, had been helping her. And she finally said, why haven't you asked me the results? Everybody asked me the results. I said, I don't need the results. Okay. I went to the source. I asked them. I figured they would know. They looked at me and they said, we're human like you. And they pointed to me. And then they pointed to the sky and said, star people. Now in the study, the father is listed as unknown. Okay. And it is because you can only get answers to what's in the databases. And there wasn't anything that matched the male side in the databases. So her study was 100%. She never claimed they were an ET. She never will. She doesn't know because scientifically speaking, there's nothing in a database for the father that says was it, what it is. Me personally, myself, Pat's asked him before, they are the ones that say the father, or they don't say mother or father. They just say they're human like us and star people. Hmm. I don't think they've told you anything different than that either, have they, hon? That that's what they said. Uh, they also did. They, they say they're not uh, Nephilim, right? Uh, they well, they Nephilim, can you uh, school us on that? That's it. Is that like a derivative of a primate? It's like a biblical thing, right? What what is the Nephilim? Yeah, it's a biblical thing. Um, the fallen angels. So yeah, what they told me was they crash landed on on Earth. That's what they said. That's what someone, one of the big that told me. Yeah. The only thing they've ever told me about it was um, some were sent here to watch over the earth. They told me that the ones that Pat talked to had crashed here. So they, they, and they've seen him on ships and Pat's confirmed with several people. They've seen him on ships. And so it, they'll, you know, sometime between those points of travel, some have crashed. They they're here, huh. but they were also put here too. What grace of ETs? I don't know. I really and truly don't. Um, that they, they were created. They're a hybrid. The ETs are dropping off hybrids all over the place. And they were created and they were put here. They're supposed to watch. And I had asked them at one time, what was their job here on this planet? And they wouldn't answer me for a long time. I was in the car one day 
And they just started out of nowhere talking about it. When you're in the car, you're traveling between time and space. It makes it very hard for other beings to listen to you telepathically. So if you're in the shower with the water going above your head and coming down on you, if you're in a vehicle and you're traveling between that time and space, you actually get more answers because they feel more secure that other things aren't listening at the same time. And they said that, you know, they were here, they were sent here to watch us and report. However, they are part human. There's humanity involved. They refuse to do so. There are certain ETs that are not good that have come down to capture our forest people to destroy them. I've actually seen the ship land. I've seen these robot. They replace them with these robotic looking Bigfoots. And I know how incredible it sounds. I'm sorry. I can't make it any easier. The truth is the truth. I've seen them coming off the ships. They're robotic in nature. They can't mind speak. They can't verbally speak. A Sasquatch can speak not only in their language, but in our language, in any language they want. Yeah. Okay. I talk to them verbally as well as I do telepathically. These things can't, and they don't have paranormal abilities, but they are lean, mean, robotic killing machines. And that's what they want is our guys. So you have those as well to deal with. So and when, you, when you were saying they speak our language, uh, I was telling these guys about, um, there's a woman in Ohio. I think she's down in Southern Ohio and she does the Bigfoot tours. And it, basically on one of them, she showed up on a Friday instead of her normal Saturday and they were upset and they chased, yeah. they, they chased her out of there basically with her group. Um, and in the process of chasing them out of there, they had an asthmatic and she, I don't know if passed out is the right word, but she, she fell to the ground and, mm -hmm. and she was having an asthmatic attack as they were pitching rocks at them on the way to, um, on the way to the parking lot, you know, to leave. Mm -hmm. And she said to them, Hey, you know, in an accent, that's not too different from yours. She said, not, you know, basically told them, knock it off. You know, she, she could die. Yeah. If you keep this up, she's having a panic attack. And, and, and she doesn't, I don't know if they had the albuterol puffer, but in any case, they were able to calm her down. So they stopped when she said, knock it off. You know, she's in danger kind of thing. When yeah. they picked her up and they started to walk again, cause she had regathered herself. They started to throw the rocks again. So would you, can you speak to a story like that? What's going through their mind? Um, I, first of all, before I, I'd like to address the rocks. Sure. Because I really kind of feel like this is important. Um, Pat and I get a lot of people that will contact us with stories of, you know, we were terrorized by them. We have PTSD from them and, you know, we were attacked. And the first thing that we always say is, did you get physically hurt? Did they physically touch you? 99.9% .9 of the people say no. Okay. Did they do something? Did you get zapped? Most of them say no. What did they do to you? The two things that are the most common is they are waving their arms at them, okay? In our culture, waving your arms in the military means you're surrendering, okay? In their culture, it means I'm letting you know as peacefully as I can, you are now too close. You're walking out into their world. They could have their children. They could have their women. They could be out there hunting. They could be doing their own rituals, whatever. You're now, and you may not have known you were going to be too close to them, but that's their way of saying it. They can't come up, grab your hand and say, listen, please leave. Because if they do, 
they're going to get shot at. Our people are horrible. We kill what we don't understand. So they've got to have a method to get across to people. When it comes to the rocks, the size of the rock means volumes. When you get Hmm. these little tiny itty bitty pebbles tossed at you, which a lot of people do as they're walking, that's just to say, hey, we're here. We want you to know that we're out here with you. You know, as they get a little bit bigger, it's you need to leave because you've gotten too close. They may have already given you subtle warnings that you didn't see because everything they do is so subtle most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so now they're doing a little bit bigger rock. And this is your to get your attention and say, hey, we don't want an altercation. We just want you to back off. That's not an attack. If they're going to attack you with the rock, you're looking at one you can barely lift. And their accuracy is impeccable. They do not miss. If they are tossing a rock at you and it's landing three foot over or ahead of you or behind you, it's just warning you that you need to leave. Yes. If they want to hit you, you there's no place You're on hit. heavens or earth that you can go. I, I agree 100%. I have a great question, but I'm passing it to Money Nathan. I'm going to save this one for when I come back around. Yeah, it's, it's so fascinating. So um, I'll ask a question that kind of comes up in the UFO community and and certainly one that you're not unaccustomed to hearing, but what, um, what are the big cases of, in, in Sasquatch, in the Sasquatch community that everyone kind of points to as the, you know, the classic cases that, that if you were to start someone out and, uh, you know, kind of get them interested in this topic, what, what do you point them to in the UFO world? We've got uh, our sort of go-to cases, but what are the ones other than, I guess most folks are familiar with the Patterson film, but um, what what are some others that you can think of that are are great to start with? Um, I think, Pat, do you know of any offhand that you would think would be, I don't usually use cases. I talk more about experiences. Albert Osterman. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. He was uh, basically uh, kidnapped by a Bigfoot. He was carried carried for miles mm-hmm. and he's in the campsite and to get away he, uh well they wanted to i guess they got him for the daughter and maybe as a you know companion or place yeah something like that in a range but marriage if you how, yeah <laughs> and he got away by by feeding uh the male bigfoot uh snuff and like skull yeah, and, and he like yeah like, yeah basically went, ate the whole <laughs> whole thing and then he drank some coffee grounds and that really did it <laughs> so that's how he got away that, that's a good story i mean it really is it's a true story too pat he was rescued by in indigestion basically <laughs> uh, yeah exactly <laughs> no but uh there, was no, there there was dj there was no melanta available basically uh albert osman was in his sleeping bag he was up there hunting and they gathered him up in his sleeping bag and and carried him off uh but he was able to um he was there for i believe he said it was the sixth day he finally was kind of figuring out what they were doing they were getting comfortable around him and that's when he the little one messed with the snuff and then when he gave the snuff to the father that was it, man. That he started choking, yeah. gagging. He beat feet out of there as quickly as he could, and and was rescued. And it, he made an affidavit, and it was uh, he was interviewed, and it was in 1920. I mean, it's not a recent case, but it's a very famous case. I got um, booted off the show. I'm back. 
I, yeah, thank, <laughs> thank you for Welcome returning, back. Robin. Uh, we can't have the superstar, this whole thing. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think, though, when I go to talk to people about this topic, I, for me, I start out with the basics. You know, um, I start out with the fact that these, you know, to be clear, they're a type of people. We are not in any more danger or threat from them than you are anybody else. Our, the good ones love deeper and harder than we even can comprehend. Okay. Yeah. The bad ones are lethal. And then you have the group that are just crabby and don't want to deal with us because we're horrible. We've destroyed the planet. We're destroying each other and we try to destroy them. They don't want anything to do with us. I don't blame them. Okay. So I don't really go and give like case studies. I do use Kevin Lang's story that um, I was fortunate to meet Kevin and had a phone, couple of phone conversations with him prior to his death. And I do use that now and then so that people can see that you can have that relationship. It was a beautiful relationship. They were best buddies and it was wonderful. But at the same time, I do tell people, if you think they're all good, you need to stay away from them because they're not all good. But also don't live in fear either because they're not all bad. And then I transfer that over to looking at signs to find out whether or not you are being respectful and they're being respectful and how to handle yourself and conduct yourself around them. A lot of the problems have to do with not knowing their culture or ours. They're completely different. What means things in our world doesn't mean it in theirs. Doesn't change that there are people, but it's it's different. And to, to buttress what Robin said, the other Robin whom I listened to who like Robin McRae did um, about three or four episodes with Vic Cundiff. And she was the uh, Montana homeowner who was in terrible fear uh, in her home when uh, she moved in there and they were, you know, I, just knocking on the house or coming up to the daughter's window when she went out there and she spoke with them and had literally like a frank conversation at the edge of her property. So she doesn't see them. She's just talking to the woods in there. You know, she said all of a sudden a calm came over her and the fear was gone. And what it resulted in after a period of, of years where she got comfortable, where she set boundaries for them. Um, I guess obviously they have boundaries as well, but she set some boundaries of what she was comfortable with being out there with her daughter. And uh, she said, now the feeling of, and this is the part that's buttressing what Robin said, the feeling of love that she had from them, she said, was as, as powerful that she was, you know, difficult uh, to, to, to uh, explain how, how the feeling of love that they gave her and security and they watched over her home and her daughter and all that. So that's all I wanted to say about that. Well, it's Deb's turn now when you're done. Yeah, Go it's ahead. best based on mutual respect. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can't give show them respect, then don't expect it back. Right. Yeah. The homeowners that are having trouble where, um, you know, where some of the Bigfoot investigators, probably not ones that are communicating like Robin will come and say, you know what, um, you went and you, you shot at them a number of times or somebody in a past property owner killed one. Um, you should sell this place for about what you bought it for, which was next to nothing and leave. Because I don't yeah. think they're not going to let, you know, you killed one of the, not you, but the prior owner killed one of them. That's what I heard about. Well, yeah, you, you've it's heard like, those, right? 
Yeah. And it's like they adore Pat. Pat goes out there. He talks to them. You know, he's, he's a very kind hearted person anyway, but he talks to them. He communicates with them. He shows them the respect. And I did see somebody that said that, you know, they thought they were supposed to, you know, like bow down to them or whatever. Don't, you don't do that. Everybody has their free will, but you have a mutual respect. And when you walk out your front door, you're now in their world. How would you feel if somebody kicked open your front door, walked in your house and you're sitting there with your family and your kids or your grandkids? What would you not do to protect them? Yeah, they're crucified for doing the same thing. You're right. It makes complete sense. Uh, Because when you head out into the forest and you're passing by some of these structures, which is going to be the the crux of my question that we're not going to do yet, um, you're passing into their living room. But Debs, go go ahead, my friend, and then I'll I'll get to mine. Okay, so I have read some Artie Six Killer Clark, and some of the Mayan people informed her that they were actually um, star people, that it wasn't that they were ancestors of star people or anything like that. They were the star people that they got, you know, brought here, and that's where their origins are. And the reason I mention this is because some people have mentioned that the language of Bigfoot is similar to Navajo. And I was wondering if there is um, a connection there that perhaps um, people are missing. Babe, do you want this one or get me to? Go ahead. Okay. You have to realize that Native Americans are spread all over the world. Okay. You have all these different First Nation tribes. Wherever the forest people may have resided at one point in time, that's the tribe that they're going to relate to. So do I think that some use the Navajo ways? hundred percent. Absolutely. I lived in Michigan, Pat and I did for a while. And the group that I interacted with were on Ojibwe land. So you have that. They also seem to relate a lot to like the Sanskrit. Wow. But again, you they used to, hundreds of years ago, they interacted freely with not all First Nations, but some. There were some they didn't get along with at all. I mean, there's stories back in history where they used to steal each other's kids, which, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. I wasn't there. But again, they're individuals. They are different people. If, if when you look at our people, you have gangs that are terrorizing people. You have murderers, rapists, pedophiles, all of these things. They have the same issues. You know, a lot of the First Nations that I have spoken to got along well with them. But each First Nations tribe is different in their relationship, depending on that particular tribe. Yeah, I think Arla Williams, fellow mind speaker like Robin, famous uh, lady from Oklahoma, like you that that does, has done many conferences in the past said uh, that speaking Cherokee that people have said no I, those words are definitely Cherokee that uh, that uh, either her mother spoke with them or something so um, yeah I've I've heard that from from many people mm-hmm. um, I think Nathan is it your turn or my it's my turn I think it's my turn okay Robin this one you are and Pat actually are very well placed to answer this one. Because it's the subject of a lot of mystery around uh, the Bigfoot world, investigative world, is the forest structures. They are beautiful. They are cool as hell. 
They are <laughs> intricate. And that's what I'm going to be doing. By the way, this weekend, I'm going to Central Florida to go out with their group. Um, and I, I am going to ask you if it's okay if I'm confronted with the skunk ape, if I can mention your name, drop your name or Pat's name, and maybe <laughs> I don't know if it'll help, but yeah, I'll, I'll try that. Okay, it couldn't hurt certainly, but um, what can you tell us what some of these structures mean if you've had that conversation with them? Well, I think a lot of the structures people think that it's it's a communication. For example, it's a communication between Bigfoot. Okay. For example, you'll get the drop tile. Okay. So, you know, you'll know how many, they'll know how many people have passed by. So what they'll do is you got the mom, the dad, they will be, you know, big stick and the baby, it'd be a small stick. So they'll drop those on the drop pile. That's what I know. And you know, the X is, I think an X on the ground is a welcome. I'm not, I think that's mm-hmm. it, right? And Yeah, the X uh, on the ground. Yeah, it's a welcome. And we had uh, one of our pigs. <laughs> Why don't you tell that about Elliot? <laughs> no, go ahead. Well, anyway, he uh, got away and then they put they put sticks on the ground to, to like a trail yep. of sticks. For him to follow to go back into the uh, um, the garage. Wow. So, I, the, I, it's it's they they like some of the structures. It's like a, a nursery. They'll put the infants inside some of the structures while they go hunting and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, we don't know. I don't know everything about the structures. But I do not know about the drop tile and stuff like that. I'm sure Robin knows a little bit more about it, right? Robin, have, have they talked to you about like when they, they bend the boughs and they stick them into the ground? Yeah, you know, there's several things to do with that. Um, when they're doing the boughs, they do it for various reasons. They can use them as directionals. Mm-hmm. Some of them will use them. The females will bend them and they'll actually urinate on the, not the base of it. That dog, you guys, I'm so sorry. Okay. I'm mortified. Okay. Um, okay. The, outside the door. Okay. Yeah, he's just a baby, and he's, like, having a fit because mom and dad are both busy. Yeah. Um, okay. But he's got an – they will take the arch, and at the top of the arch where it's down, not the base, in the ground, but they always anchor it. Where they anchor it, the females will actually yeah. urinate on that so the, the guys know which way to go for the females. Oh, wow. So – You'll Nathan, see some arches. Smell one of those things when I get out there. I don't ever sniff it. Okay. No, okay. I'm never gonna. But you'll okay. see one where an arch will go one way, then another one will go another way. That's because two have passed that way. One has gone one way, one's gone another way. They used to what? when I lived in Michigan. I lived on this one property. It was prior to Pat and I getting together, and we had oh my gosh, almost sixty different individuals that would come through there. They ne- they would walk around uncloaked all day. It was like a freak zone. I mean, everybody just did what they wanted to do. They would come up to the house, knock on my window at two o'clock in the morning. I'd go out and sit in the woods with them. Uh, just FYI, people, not a great idea. Mm-hmm. Go out and you, I mean, I never had a problem, mm-hmm. but my group was extremely kind. And it got to the point where so many were coming out there with me at one time. I finally pulled my head out of my rear end and said, listen, 
this isn't a safe situation. If they wanted to do something, I'm out in the dark. I don't have a flashlight. You know, I'm sitting out here in my pajamas because they wanted me out. Mm-hmm. And so I just started sitting on the porch. You don't ever want to be where you're cut off Interesting. because your, your clan might be wonderful and kind, but you could get a rogue that comes through there. Just like when you're out walking by yourself, even if you're out taking a hike by right. yourself, you don't know what crazy person's out there. Right. You know, so it becomes a situation. I think, I think that's really interesting to point out to the, to everybody that's listening right now. Um, that you're talking to somebody who has an ongoing communication with these beings, with these peoples, if you will. And, and even for Robin, um, she's saying that there could be an element of danger when you're too close and you don't, you're, you know, as she said, you don't have an escape route. So I think that's something that everybody should, uh, be aware of no matter how not dangerous you think they are. So yeah, and next that is time, 100%. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chad. The next time you guys go out, and you, it's usually the arches and stuff, you go ahead and stick your hands underneath it, and you'll actually feel the energy coming out of you. It'll be a pulsating, alternating energy in your field. Wow. I will. It's the truth. If we see them this weekend, because... The place I'm going, just for you know, the audience. I think Nathan and Debs already know what I'm doing, but um, we have our own like uh, research group here that we've just started. There's four guys up here in Northwest Florida that I spoke with, Pat uh, Pam Esper of the Central Florida Bigfoot Research Group. They have a great group, and the Ocala National Forest apparently is the hotbed of Florida in terms of Bigfoot because they have the biggest forest. So they've invited me to come out with them. And so this will be my first weekend out with like real researchers that know what they're doing and not just one meathead and, you know, three guys that have no idea what they're doing. Well, for example, if, if you know, a grounding is you go out and you can pull mm-hmm. energy from the earth. Mm-hmm. Well, all these structures and some of them, they're still connected to the ground. And then the structures are actually pulling energy from the earth and you know people it, the earth isn't dead it's full of energy mm-hmm. and then the bigfoot are tapping that energy with the structures that they have well, i'm going to tell you a, a very quick story if i might please about these little ground exits okay at one point in time when i lived at that place where they walked around all the time it was a double wide trailer and it had skirting on it. And they were tearing. They had taken all the skirting out from under my bedroom because they would go under the floor at night and knock on the floor. So I would knock back. I mean, it was a game. But on the end of it, they had pulled the skirting back and they would go under it to play under the trailer. The kids would. Mm-hmm. Well, I lived in Michigan. Michigan winters, you don't want air going under your trailer and freezing the pipe. So I would go out there and I would retack up that end because that was the direction the wind came. And then by the next morning, it was torn down again. I begged, I pleaded, I stomped my feet. They didn't care. They did it anyway. And I thought, fine, you guys use stick structures for communication. I am going to go to your level now. And, uh, you know, X's, the upright X's, that means stay out. So I assumed all X's meant stay out. When you have a regular X, stay out. When you have an X that has 
posts on either side that's not only stay out, they're marking territory. So I'm going to put an X on the ground outside of this in their language, and they're going to stay out of it. Okay. I tack it up. I put the ground X on it. I'm sleeping that night. It was like Mardi Gras under my house. I mean, the whole thing was just rocking. And I thought, what is going on? I went out there the next morning and I was just livid. They had tore it all apart, tore the whole siding off that side. I mean, I don't know how many of them were doing the belly crawl under there. And I was just so mad. I went out in the woods and I'm just chewing their butt. You know, the mom voice works in every species. Mm-hmm. And all I hear is nothing but laughter. Just they're all laughing. Wow. So I said, okay, I want to know what's so funny. And one that I'm extremely close to said, and they call me mom because they heard my kids call me mom all the time. Right. I have a tribal name and then they call me mom. And he's like, you invited them in. The ground structures mean welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you couldn't have told me that the night before. He said, everything is a learned lesson. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, we got to get you one of those lang- the Bigfoot language course. I don't know, is that available, Nathan on Babel? I got to check. Um, yeah, I think it's on Duolingo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mm-hmm. Love it, um, Robin. You said they speak Sanskrit, so I mean, the most obvious question that 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 the cast here knows. I'm thinking, since I'm a yoga teacher, is I'm thinking of a, a Bigfoot yoga practice, which I can do completely in Sanskrit. So, um, and I, <laughs> well, I would. Be I don't know anything to- about Sanskrit, so. Yeah, I would be willing to teach a class for any group of Bigfoot that's out there, be they Robin's friends, Pat's friends, or otherwise. Um, I would love to teach you guys a yoga class uh, and hopefully not be, you know, used as some sort of a volleyball. Um, but anyway, uh, we're about out of time here, but we'll get our last questions in uh, for Nathan and Dubs. Sounds great. So, uh, so yeah, I'm just curious. We... Um, on the UFO side, again, we, we, we struggle with this issue and that's the issue of evidence. And we live in a materialist world, a physical materialist world. Where we're always looking for photos. We're looking for videos. We're looking, and, and for whatever reason, no matter how many eyewitness testimonies we have, even though we rely on that very heavily in certain circumstances in our culture, they don't seem to be good enough when it comes to these kinds of experiences. So what's your response to folks that are, that, that would say, you know, hearing what you said to us tonight, you know, where, where's that crystal clear video or crystal clear photo of the beings, you know, because people want to be, I think people mostly want to be convinced that this is real, but because we, again, we live in a culture that needs to see something. I don't know what it is exactly. Because Well, to begin with, we get a lot of UFO activity. Um, Pat and I have both been abducted. We have both been injured. We've also been in contact with good ones as well. And if you, again, go to world Bigfoot radio, there is a beautiful video of a UFO that actually separates and turns into two that was taken from my front porch. And Pat and I, my son-in-law was outside and had seen it and he videotaped it. He gets the credit for that. And unbeknownst to me, hi, Gene, um, unbeknownst to me, he sent it to MUFON. That would have been my first choice, but there's a lot of MUFON people that I know that I have the utmost respect for. So he sent it to MUFON because it was such a good video. Um, We got a response from MUFON that said, in their opinion, it was a class one sighting. They checked the skies. They did all the research. There was nothing up in the skies that night. And that it was definitely not 
a terrestrial um, aircraft, that it was definitely extraterrestrial. And that is up right now on World Bigfoot Radio. So you can see it there. Um, we also have some of the screen captures from that. He, she, he means Bigfoot, though. He, what he's asking you is about big... He's, he said, I thought he was about the UFOs. No, he, he's saying that we struggle with the same issue in the UFO community. Oh, okay. Is that why is there not... Well, Pat a, and I a, have... A, a yeah. clear photo, video of these beings. Number one, their energy isn't going to allow it. Okay, they radiate an extreme amount of energy and vibrations that will blur every single camera there is. And Pat and I have learned this over time. If you actually want a picture of them, quit putting them in the center of your frame. Because if they're in the center of the frame, they can manipulate the camera and they also, the energy from them blurs it. Like, let's say you were to see one and like where I'm on the screen right now in the middle of the screen. If I was a big button, you were taking a picture, I would be, you want it over like this. Okay. You don't want them center frame because it blurs it. That's why Patty's came out clear. She wasn't center frame either. She looked center frame because of how they reconstructed the framing on it, but she was never photographed in the frame. The other way too, that Pat and I, we've got some clear ones that we've put up again. They're on world Bigfoot radio. They've been on Dave Scott show. They've been all over the place and they were done because if you go outside and take random photos and they're cloaked, but they're out there, they show up crystal clear. Interesting. That is really interesting. So there's something. I mean, Pat, some kind do you have connection. any other tips for the photos? What? Do you have any other tips for the photos other than what we normally do? Not really. Just go out and <clears throat> we have them in the front yard. I go out and that one I sent DJ, uh, yeah. tree peeker. It was he was it was dark and I figured well. You know, I, I really believe that they didn't think uh, I was going to get their picture. And he peeked from behind the tree, and I got a picture. I mean, sometimes it surprised me. We got the backyard. I got a big female in the backyard. I saw her head. She kind of ducked when I – she knew I was taking a picture. She she ducked her head like that, and you could see her brow, brow ridge. And she had kind of reddish hair and stuff, reddish blonde hair. And a lot of times she'll, you know, we had the dogman in the tree picture, and then we had uh, Tilda by the by the pine tree. She's watching the dog play, and that's what she told Robin. And you know, quite a, quite a few. If you just go out, and, you know, we've had some weird pictures of. Uh, got a picture of some guy out in front. I got a picture. I mean, it looked like Jesus, you know, he had a robe on. Yeah. I think too, the people that do get clear footage, nobody wants to believe it. Like you have to have a public that is willing when you get these clear pictures, because they're so hard to get, you have to have a public nobody that's willing. It. Yeah, they don't. That's the thing. I don't even try to get them that much anymore. I mean, when we get them. I think DJ, did yeah, I send you those photos? Yeah. Th there's a couple that I could, uh, there's a couple that, both you and Pat have shared with me where I can, I can pretty clear. I am not good at looking at these photos and saying, Oh, I see that there, but there's two of them. I can think of offhand. One Robin sent me one Pat sent me and I, I can see pretty clearly what it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, I've got pictures yeah. of cat people 
I have dogmen, I have ETs, I have dimensionals. I mean, we get the photos and I'm only one of millions of people that get them. Trust me, I'm not the only one. Pat's not the only one. But you have to have people that want to actually acknowledge that they're real. And because there's so many hoaxers out there. And the other problem, and I'm sorry to say it, is you cannot have an ego in this field. You cannot. And once you get it, get out. Because, I mean, I tell everybody, I don't have enough self-confidence to have an ego. I mean, I know what I know. that I don't know it all. But the thing of it is, is you have to want to learn. And a lot of people, and this came down with the study with Melba, if they aren't the one that got the goods and got the information, as far as they're concerned, it's not real. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be real because they do it. I wanted to add one thing, though, to to something earlier that you said about the structures real quick. And this is for Nathan and Debs, uh, is the gentleman in Ohio, Kane, who has basically got himself a cabin. He is 45 minutes from anywhere in southern Ohio. Um, to study this. It's his life, as is Richard, his sort of Yoda, if you will, to Obi-Wan. And he created his own structure and put it in the woods to see what would happen. So he knows what their structure... He's out every single day. This is what he is. He's out in the woods. He's looking at structures. So he created his own design. And what ended up happening is the Bigfoots came and built his structure in his yard. Oh, that's Um, cool. Yeah. So, um, but that's because it was his, it was supposed to be in his yard, not theirs. Well, I don't know. I think it is just want to show him he could make, they could make it. Um, he is the opposite of Robin and Pat in that he is completely science-based evidence-based and, and not, you know, you would wonder why isn't he communicating, but, um, there's so much, there's so much here. So basically what we've done, Robin, just in tackling some of Bigfoot, it's like I handed Nathan a double quarter pounder with cheese and then, and Dogman would be like me walking over with a huge, you know, like a 20-inch uh, pepperoni pizza. He's not ready to, to eat that yet because he hasn't digested the quarter pounder with cheese or the super-sized fries. So um, so for the next time, we'll start hitting up, you know, when we have you guys on, we'll talk cryptids and all that. So, DJ, may I say one thing before we yes, get ma'am. off real quick? Yes, ma'am. When it comes to the structures, number one, I applaud the gentleman for doing it he was able to get a really good response. That's very impressive. I have the utmost respect for that. Really smart. But just so people know, do not touch and mess with the structures. That is their communication for their people. It does not make them happy at all. Um, You don't do it. You know, you don't want somebody coming up to your house and start pulling out, you know, parts of your framework on your house. Don't do it. You don't at that. And we don't know. I mean, we know the basics of what they mean, we, but each clan has a baseline of what everything means. And then each clan adds to that so that their specific clan only will know what they're trying to say. So you're messing with their communication. So I really urge people to be very careful with that. I, and I don't mean that anything negative about the person that you're talking about. I think that's no, tremendous. No. He got that response. That's wonderful. No, but please he, be careful. What he, he didn't mess with theirs. What he did is he said, Basically, to maybe rephrase it because I probably didn't phrase it correctly. He wanted to create his own signature with pieces of wood and just yeah. put it somewhere. Well, he communicated. <laughs> yeah, he communicated because he was out there every I single day. I think that's day. beautiful. So, yeah, it was very, very was wonderful. Very, yeah, I'll share with you guys. I believe it's House of Enoch on YouTube. And he basically has devoted, I he looks like he's 40-ish. 
He has devoted his life to this. He's basically living like a hermit out there. And then this fellow, Richard, who he said has been rest, uh, uh, um, former special forces guy has been living out there and, uh, for five decades doing this. So, um, these guys are, that's all they do. You know what I mean? They're not like working a regular job. So, uh, but let's get our goodbyes in Debs. Please, uh, say your goodbyes to miss Robin and Pat McRae. I don't get my final question. Yes, please. Just, please. Go ahead, ma'am. Okay. okay. you got to get, get it in there. Okay. So actually my question has to do with communication again, um, because you were talking about the structures and everything. I just wanted to say as background, I was told that there's a population near a place that I go twice a week. So every time I go there now, I say, hello, Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess um, my my question is, since you are communicating with them, is there a message that you think that they might have for listeners, actually? Because I know you engage with them about what podcasts you're going on, who you're engaging with, all that stuff. What message might they have? So my question is, what do they have to say for us? Is there a pickup line? Like if there's a singles bar and Debs is going in there like, hey, handsome, you know what? No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Hold on, Robin. You're on mute. Oh. Let me get you. Had you go first. Go ahead. Uh, so, go. Deb, just just rephrase the basics of the question: is uh, what what should you say, or what's the communication, or what? Well, what I, is what is the message from Bigfoot either to listeners, to humanity, whatever you want to convey? I want I want to hear the the message. Well, he told me. Basically, that uh, not, they don't want to be viewed as monsters. They're, they're, they have families. Uh, there's a good reason why they don't come out in the open and show themselves. Because it's basically a deep-seated mistrust of uh, mankind. And, uh, you know, they... They have feelings. I felt it. I mean, uh, you go out and, you know, I, you know, they'll project their feelings on you. They, they, they love, they cry. I mean, they're, they're part human. And um, you just can't deny that, that the humanity side to them. And they have a social structure. Uh, they have laws. It's just, it mirrors, you know, our civilization as, as we have it. What and they're saying. I think, uh, go ahead, babe. No, go ahead. No, but they have a much more rigid, uh, more rigid laws. Uh, basically, I can explain this. It's hard to explain. Uh, I, I won't. Go ahead, Robin. Now, what they're telling me right now while we're sitting here is view them as you view yourselves. We are people. Like they told Pat, we are not monsters. Mm -hmm. We just wish nothing but peace. We want to live our lives. We want to raise our children. We don't want to live in fear any more than you want to live in fear. Nothing about hair replacement. 
No, they don't have a problem with that. Although I will say this, I have a photo of a female sitting in the bushes and she's like almost bald with just little pieces of hair sticking out, but she's really old. Okay. I mean, so she's, she has the same problems I have. She's yeah. the one I should be talking to is how to, how to mitigate, maybe counsel. <laughs> so. She can counsel me. Yeah. Uh, and, and Deb, when you, you uh, go, go ahead, honey. No, he needs the, uh, the Bigfoot, uh, hair from, uh, yes. was hair for men. Hair club for yeah. Bigfoot. Yes. Yeah. Hair club. <laughs> yes. I would. Yeah. And Deb, when you go out in the woods like that, another thing that you might find helpful, and I tell this to a lot of people, is, you know, they already know what you're doing. They know before you even get the thought in your mind that you're going to go. Okay. What they want is consistency, and they want to know that what you say to them matches your intent. So, what I tell people when you go out in the woods is go out there, say, I come in peace. I'm not here to hurt you. If you can come to me in peace and love, then I would like to communicate with you. I'm not here to hurt you. Please allow me to go into your forest. So you kind of are announcing them. You're telling them your intent. And if your intent is exactly what you've told them, then they see on both sides that you're being honest. And that does pull weight. Even if you don't have an encounter, that gives them peace of mind. And you're putting down guidelines saying, I'm only here for this and I want only contact peacefully. The other thing is, you know, a lot of people have to carry weapons when they go into the woods because of bear, cougar, whatever. Of course, you need to protect yourself. Be up front. When you go in there, you know, I'm here. I want you to know this is my purpose. Yes, I have a weapon. I'm not hiding this from you. Please know this is not for you. I'm protecting myself from the bear or the wolves or the whatever you are, but be honest and upfront. That will match your intent and that will get you far. It really makes a big difference. You'd be surprised. I want to tell you that I, in, in Saturday in yoga class, I did just exactly that. Uh, Good. Student, student in class. And I, I spent the, the meditation time communicating with them, telling them what I'm coming down there for, what I, what my intention is. Etc. I just laid that all out on the table that I'm. It's really important for curiosity and for exploration, not for exploitation or or anything like that. So yeah, Nathan. Yeah, I just wanted to thank you both for your time tonight. Uh, it's clear you've got a, a passion and a heart for uh, them and for for all life, and that's something that we can celebrate and we do celebrate quite often on our show. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, a, it's been a real pleasure to hear your, your stories and, and I know there's so much more that we haven't even really gotten into. So I, I bet there's a future show in line where we can kind of dig a little bit deeper. Um, sure. but you know, again, just thank you both for what you're doing and, and your willingness to come and share your experiences with us. Thank you thank for you. having us. It's yeah. been great. It has. Yeah. I want to just, uh, uh, mimic what, what Nathan said. Um, yeah, there is so much more to get into next time we'll get, we'll dig a little into Bigfoot. Then we'll start getting into some of the cryptids and, and let them be heard. And, and you, you've heard their perspectives as well. A lot of people fear them even more so than, than Sasquatch. So, um, so we'll get yeah, and into the dog that. will be in the garage. <clears throat> no, it's, all, it's all good. I'm actually, you can hear how, how my bad my voice is and I have to continue packing because tomorrow when I leave the house at uh, 5 30 in the morning. I will be, uh, I won't 
come back home from work, I'm going to head straight down to Ocala and go to the uh, meetup with our friends. So yeah, and, and we're going to do Keep it. Keep me posted. I will. I'll, I'll be in touch with you after the uh, weekend or on the way home so to let you know what I saw and what I experienced. Uh, but I do want to give a shout out to all of your fans, the Robin and Pat fans. They're in the chat. World Bigfoot Radio. We'll go ahead and put your link uh, in the uh, show notes. Uh, Steve, Gene, Sue, everybody. We really appreciate you guys coming over here to help us uh, welcome uh, Pat and, and Robin, our first Bigfoot guests that we've ever had on the show, but not the last. Uh, we've got some great ones lined up. We have the She Squatchers from Minnesota lined up. Uh, great girl. We have, yeah, um, we have another amazing host named uh, Matt Knapp from uh, Bigfoot Crossroads. And of course, one of your colleagues who experienced MindSpeak and I guess communicated, uh, Rick Taylor the former okay. law enforcement officer from Texas. So wonderful. So <laughs> thank you so much on behalf of Nathan Debs, uh, Robin and Pat. This is DJ saying peace out one love. We'll see you on the road. And as always, especially in the woods, we're always wondering what's up around the bend. Thank you. Oh.